I loved trekking. I loved nature. And it was these long treks, two, three, four day treks that I would go off. It was like doing six months of therapy. The thoughts that you can easily play ping pong with, eventually you can't do that anymore. They're there and you face them. And so you're on these long walks, you're facing these thoughts that you normally are able to move aside and you make peace with them or you deal with them. You face your gremlins, you think about interesting thoughts, you learn about yourself. And then at the same time, you're amongst nature. And let me tell you something, <laughs> nature heals. Get outside and let nature do its job. Something good will happen. Something will come up. I want other men to understand and know that that feeling that stuck or that stagnant feeling that I felt back when I was drinking and I was married, where I literally thought, this is just how life is, man. It's all good. We can do this. It's not that bad. I wanted men to know that there's possibility on the outside of that. Welcome to the Heart of Man podcast, a podcast for any man seeking to live in alignment with his deepest core and lead a life of profound meaning and connection. I'm your host, Alex Lehman, and I'm here to empower you through transformative conversations, eye-opening insights, and practical wisdom. Join me now as we venture into the heart of man. Let's dive in. Stephen Whalen is a transformational life coach, meditation facilitator, and strength and conditioning coach with over 10 years of experience working with world-class coaches, athletes, teachers, and healers. His own personal journey began with his own inspiration to play professional baseball. After numerous injuries, he came to a point where he had to hang up the gloves for good and open himself up to a new chapter. He quickly found a passion for the field of coaching, specifically within the realm of strength and conditioning, and ended up transitioning into guiding world-class athletes through his programs. Stephen came to a point where in his own words, he had it all. He had the wife, the dogs, cars, house, friends, and yet he shares that he was miserable without any understanding why he was feeling this way. This breakdown moment forced Stephen on a path where he had to begin to open the door to the emotional basement he had locked away long ago. On his path to healing, he ended up working with therapists and spiritual mentors, and yet some of his most profound shifts occurred during his extensive travels around the world being immersed with nature and frequently embarking on multi-day treks, Stephen found his way back to himself, and it was there where his next mission was birthed, Thrive Coaching. This movement combines coaching with adventure, and Stephen now guides men through transformational adventure retreats where he guides them back to themselves, fostering a deep sense of clarity and connection. Stephen and I connected just days before this interview where we spoke deeply about our personal journeys. Both of us experienced massive healing through coaching and travel, and I knew this would be a powerful access point for us to come together. Beyond our personal explorations, Stephen and I transitioned into speaking about men's work, specifically relational men's work, something he's learning a lot about at the moment through his work with John Wenland, a teacher that I personally learned a lot from. Coupled with many laughs, heartfelt shares, and deep insights, this is an episode you won't want to miss. Let's dive in. Steven, welcome to the Heart of Man podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. We met just a week ago, actually. Yep. And um, the way we connected was actually through my ex-partner, mm -hmm. with whom you're currently doing a teacher training with. 
um, with none other than John Wineland. Yeah. Um, and he's somebody who I've been, you know, very involved with, um, learning a lot about his teachings. And that's definitely something I want to get into, mm-hmm. but we, yeah, I mean, we were just riffing off on so many different conversations <laughs> and we were just absolutely vibing. And I was like, okay, I got to have this guy on the podcast. He has so many interesting things to share specifically. I, I love as well, how, what you do in the world and how you're combining coaching and adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, these are both things that have been so incredibly um, valuable to me and have been so life transformative. And um, I, I just had the strong sense that there's a lot of value um, that we have here to give uh, just to offer this conversation as well to all the other listeners uh, on this podcast. So thank you for being on. Um, perhaps we can just start off the podcast by you just sharing a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. how you got into what it is that you're doing today. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, just offering for a few minutes who you are, what it is that you do, and how you got into it. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Steven. I grew up in Houston, Texas, where, uh, you know, baseball, football is king, and I chose baseball, <laughs> you know? And that was my that was my passion. And at about the age of 12, I put blinders on, and it was baseball. I wanted to play professional baseball, and you know, nothing else mattered. And I was, I was just a motivated young kid that, uh, wanted to, you know, take as many swings in my garage and practice. And, um, yeah, I love the game of baseball. And so that really, uh, was what, what I was, what, that was my identity. Mm-hmm. Baseball was my identity starting at the age of 12. And so I got a, a scholarship to play at university of Houston, uh, played baseball there. Uh, I would say that at University of Houston, that was my first experience of truly, um, you know, coming across adversity and dealing with uh, everything wasn't linear anymore. You know, it had been very linear for me. I'd been uh, a very, you know, good baseball player. And that was the first time I got humbled, you know, was when I went there and there's obviously you're playing at a high level. And you're used to being like the guy and the best. And all of a sudden that was the, that was a time where I wasn't the best anymore. Um, led me to, to, to uh, actually, I transferred schools, went to a smaller division one school, uh, at university of new Orleans. Um, and, um, after that continued playing professional baseball, uh, till about the age of 25, I had torn, uh, my ACL for the second time. And I had made the decision, you know, in professional baseball in the minor leagues, if you're not if you don't break, you know, double A, triple A by the age of 26. What is that? Just to clarify. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry for, for those listening. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so in, in professional baseball, uh, you have the minor league system or the farm system. And so it's, you, you don't just get uh, drafted and you're not just immediately in the big leagues, right? Is what, that's what everyone sees. Major league baseball is what you see on, on TV, but they have minor league baseball and in minor league baseball, you have you can have up to like six, seven different farm teams. You have your rookie ball team. You have uh, a low A team, a couple low A teams. You have double A and triple A. So if for me, I was playing in those, those, you know, low A, you know, uh, also an independent leagues and I hadn't broken double A or been, been associated with the major league organization. So, um, for me, I was 25, tore my ACL the second time. And I just, I was like, you know what, it's time to hang them up and try this next chapter of life on precise. You know, it's time to move on. And um, that was interesting for me. You know, there's, a, there's with athletics, um, 
there's there's something you know post post athletic depression when you got you got to think from the from an early age most of these athletes doesn't matter mine was baseball but for a lot of other athletes uh, your identity is that and then all of a sudden when that's taken away and you're not the star the baseball player anymore well, who are you because during those times you're so focused laser focused which is what makes these athletes so great but all of a sudden when that's not there anymore, who are you? And what do you do? What do you stand for? You know? And um, I did what most, you know, a lot of athletes do. I got into coaching, uh, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm very grateful for doing that. And I got specifically into uh, strength and conditioning. I always thrived in the weight room. I always loved the preparation side of the sport. I always loved the process. I didn't know this at the time. I wouldn't be able to speak into that, but what I loved was the process. I loved the journey aspect of sport, right? I loved the preparation. I loved all the stuff that you do behind closed doors, you know, not just what people are seeing in the field. I loved that grind, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, uh, I always loved my strength coaches. I always had so much appreciation for, for them. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be that guy. And I also wanted to be a strength coach that I always desired and wanted, right? You know, because I had learned as an athlete, I'd always looked up at these coaches and I just, there was always something more I wanted out of a coach. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy for these athletes. So I started in uh, the private sector, got into high school, and then um, I got a internship at an older age at Eastern Michigan University. And at Eastern Michigan University, I was actually working football along with some other Olympic sports. But the reason I chose that is because there was uh, one of the best in the business as far as strength coaches go was there. And I, one thing for me, I always want to, I always look, I'm a student, constantly a student. I always look for, okay, who's doing this really well in this field that I'm I'm a beginner in? And I want to go learn from them. You know, I want to go learn from them. So he was the best. So I went and learned from him, getting paid nothing at the Mm -hmm. time, you know? Uh, because I just wanted to learn and see how he works, see what he does with what's his genius, you know? Um, so that was in that field, that was the first experience of truly going and learning from somebody that's a genius at what they do. Let's right? pause here for a moment. Yeah. Cause I feel there's already so much that we can just, unpack yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. there's so much value sure, as well sure, that sure, we can sure. just get into yeah. for the listeners. But, yeah. um, you know, I, we had a bit of a conversation before we started rolling but uh, one thing I as well really wanted to get into with you is mm-hmm. to, to get into a bit of a deeper understanding how, yeah, first of all, initi- being initiated into playing mm-hmm. sports, yeah. but then as well moving more into the fitness industry, right. how it has shaped you, how it has really um, influenced you and, and what lessons you got out of it you know, and what you learned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so being in that field... Um, yeah, I, I would say I, I learned, man, I learned so much. I learned so much. I, the first thing that I learned was that as a practitioner, as you know, you going through and being really good and understanding like, oh, I, I know all these lifts, I'm strong, I'm, I'm fast, I can do all these things. And I, you think you have a good knowledge of what it is until you go and learn from a master. Mm. And then you realize, I don't know shit. Mm. 
you know? <laughs> what was I, that like for you? Like recognizing, oh, I don't know shit. And you yeah. all communicated to me, yeah. like you, you were on this ascending path, you know, it was kind of just very linear. Yep, yep. And then you got into college and that yep. was the first time you really got humbled, right? Yeah. So what is that like? Because we, we really need yeah. that humility, right? To recognize, oh, I'm a student here yeah. and I'm here to learn, right? Yeah. I'm not here to show off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, there, there's this, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. Um, there was this, there was this study on, um, on, on, it was basically a study between people that were professionals and amateurs. And in the study, they, uh, they would interview the professionals. And what was interesting with the professionals is they always would be like, they, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the best. I, there was always this, this, this humble response of, no, I still have a lot of work to do. Like, even though they are technically the best at what they do, they're the top, you know, one percenters of that, that, um, that, that sport or whatever it is. And then they would interview the amateurs and the amateurs would always give answers like, oh, I'm, they, they would do the opposite. They would say, I am the best. I know this. And it's an interesting thing that I've seen especially with more general population not so much in athletics uh more in general population where you see so many people and we're talking fitness here but then you can also take this fitness concept and take it to life where everybody that is a a gym goer right that they go to the gym and they've been training for you know 10 15 years and they think they know it all but they've never gone and really become a student under someone who's really, really good. And so that's something interesting. So I, so for me, I would, I would talk to a lot of amateurs, you know, and it's interesting to hear them, them speak because you're just like, they, you, you would think that they don't need coaching, you know, they, they have it all figured out and you're just like, and all of a sudden you go talk to a master or someone who's a professional and they're humble. And they're always, they're always have that beginner's mindset where they want, they want to learn more. They're, they're on the path. There's they they, I think that's, that's the interesting thing. I think a lot of people in that amateur realm, and I think that's what that study really was like the amateurs think they're, they're at the top and they're, they're actually in the middle and the professional, there is no destination there. It's just a path that just continues to go right. They're going to continue to grow their entire career, their entire life. And I think that mentality is something that I definitely learned and I saw and I continue to see in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, right? When I hear that, you know, I, I always have this lens that I always look behind mm -hmm. what is actually there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm thinking about the person who is righteous enough to say, I got it all figured out. You know, I, I, I already know it all. Yeah. And to me... Like when I, when I saw that in, in my life, right, in, in my immediate life with the people I spoke to, what I often saw was covered underneath it was a lot of insecurity, right? And, and an unwillingness as well just to embrace. I'm flawed. I, yeah. have, I have weaknesses. I yeah. have limitations, yeah. right? Whereas, mm. you know, the one who is humble, he's actually the one who is willing to look at those limitations, yeah. those weaknesses, and he's willing to work on them. Yeah. And this is why he becomes the master. This is why they become the professional, right? Because they're willing to consistently look at that edge. And it's hard because it brings up shame. It brings up insecurity. It brings yeah. up, fuck, maybe I'm broken. Maybe yeah. I'm flawed to some yeah. degree. And it really requires that 
ability to look at ourselves and, and still to not collapse mm -hmm. within the limitation, but rather see it as something, okay, this is where I'm at, but I as well have an ability to rise towards that, yeah. what that I see, um, I want to create for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think this, this even goes back, Alex, to our connection, why we're even here today, right? You, you do a fantastic job of what you do. Right, I, I I've seen what you do, I, and then even in talking, you know, you know this work, you know this work really, really well, and you've been doing it for a long time. However, we talk, and there's this, this uh, curiosity and humbleness, and openness for discussion, as opposed to I'm going to talk about this topic and this. It's like no, no, no. There's an openness. And, and a, almost like the, the first thing I identified with you that was beautiful. And I think, cause it's the same, cause I'm the same, I'm the same brother is like, we had this discussion and it was truly going in with, with, with open mind, open heart. And it's like, I, I, I'm walking away, like learning something new, even if it, even if it challenges something that I, I'm so passionate about, I'm open to receiving something that challenges my way of thinking right and i th and i saw the same in you and because you could see it when you're when you're having when you're in discussion you can see it in that person's body language of like you just the the the, the wheels turning in the head you know and and uh the body language and i think that's what happened with us we both went into discussion about many different topics and there was an openness again openness of mind openness of heart of basically just being like, hey man, change my mind on something today. You know, come on, like bring yeah, it, change yeah, yeah, my yeah. mind on something. Yeah. Because, you know, like challenge something mm -hmm. that, that, that I believe in, mm -hmm. you know, because I think that's where the growth is. And there's a stubbornness with so many people with the path that they take. And there isn't that openness. Hmm. There's, there's like, they're, they're on the path and they're disciplined. And again, it's, it's, it's what's gotten them to a certain point in life. But I feel like there's there's at the same time they're creating these these calluses um and they're not so open to new possibility and new ways of thinking and I think again they're the reason they've gotten a, it's 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 like a double-edged sword their their genius is what's gotten them so far but their genius is also what's what's limiting them later in their journey because they've calloused so hard and they, they don't have that openness mm. you know yeah well, first of all, thank you for, you know, just those kind reflections. And I, I really receive them with an open heart. I really appreciate that and see the same in you. And I, I guess I, I want to as well just um, share just for the listeners so they understand, um, you know, I, I show up with this openness and this curiosity to a certain degree as well intentional mm. because I want to be in relationship with you mm. when we're in a conversation. Yeah. I want to have things be relational. And it's yeah. interesting because I had a beautiful um yeah he's i mean he's so much but he's i would say he's a philosopher and we had this conversation about how when two people come together there's a space that gets created and it's kind of like the space itself I and mean, this is gonna like sound a little bit more meta and more woo woo but you know something <laughs> about it yeah. um it, it it will draw something from us it will draw something forward and and so there is kind of like that thing that comes for you, like, like challenge me, you know, yeah. what is it that we can come together with? Mm -hmm. And I, one thing as well that I address is like, 
we're sharing our personal experiences within the conversation we had. And we're kind of like wrestling with each other around some of the things that it, it, like we've experienced to come into a deeper understanding maybe of who we are, mm. but in as well, this experience of life that we're having. Yeah. Right? And so that's kind of like what I'm seeing. And, and that requires an ability to be vulnerable an yeah. ability to be yeah. authentic. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's kind of like when I make myself vulnerable, when I make myself open, mm -hmm. I make myself a target as well yeah. know, to a certain degree. Sure. And it's, you know, I, I get that. Like I get that some for some people that may feel very vulnerable mm -hmm. and i get that some people maybe have not had those safe experiences yet yeah that take them to that place yeah. where they're they have a willingness to be relational mm -hmm. yeah i want to i want to segue a little bit into just this conversation around fitness and, and the value that you got out of it mm -hmm. and the reason why i want to speak into it is because i notice how within the physicality of it, yeah. how how much it has actually shaped my character, mm. and yeah. often I'm I'm coaching a client and I'm noticing that they have a lack of drive, or maybe they have a lack of vision, or they have that I'm gonna say an absence of that more penetrative, firm, fierce nature in themselves. Yeah. And and one thing that I always encourage them into get in touch with your physicality. Yeah, get into confidence with your own physicality. Yeah explore getting into a place of challenge with yourself, getting into the edge, right? Build a relationship to discomfort. And there's so much about it. There's so many life lessons that come just from that. I'm wondering, has that been your personal experience? And yeah. if there's other things that come up for you as well around this importance of building a relationship to our physicality, yeah, um, I'd love to hear about it. No, that's, 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 oh, that's good. That's good, bro. Yeah. Well, first of all, absolutely, man. Like, like what the physicality training, whatever you want to call it, uh, finding some modality, uh, it could be yoga, it could be strength training, uh, it could be, you know, uh, fitness classes, whatever, uh, whatever it is, cycling, running, finding some type of physical challenge, it does something to us, you know, and you don't need science to even back it. Just ask anybody that's ever committed to any type of physical challenge. Something good happens, you know? Very rarely will you hear someone, at the beginning, you're like, hey, hey, um, let's commit to this three-month program. Like, let's go train three days a week. And then the other two days, I want you to do maybe some form of stretching or yoga or some type of, uh, you know, some, some type of class. And, and let's commit to that. And for some people, that sounds absolutely terrifying. You know, especially if they're starting at the beginning, um, but all of a sudden they commit to it, and at the end of the three months, just if if you can find this person, let me know. Very that never will you find a person that says, you know what, I regret doing that. <laughs> never, ever. Why? Because so, there, it's not just like one good thing that happens. So many good things happen during that journey, uh, and, and there's a lot of challenges and a lot of. There's, 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 there's ups, but there's also some really extreme downs during that journey. Um, so many good things happen during that. It, you, you learn more about yourself. I would say at the, in its essence, you learn more about yourself. You learn more of what you're made of, what you're capable of. You learn, you have to, uh, develop grit. Uh, you learn at a, even you learn who your friends are, you know, who really supports you, who really cares about you. Um, 
uh, you know, you learn which which relationships are may, maybe superficial, which one you learn so much just from starting a fitness or, or a physical journey, right? It's really, really interesting. And then through that physical journey, you know, you um, start, it's easier to tack on things, right? At, at first, it just starts with the physical. But then all of a sudden, it's like, because you're developing these habits, now you can start stacking more habits. And so it might be like, okay, before I go to the gym, uh, now I'm going to try this, like this gratitude practice or something, you know, and you start doing these things you hear about, or you, you know, a lot of us, this is very common, you know, and I do this too. You listen to podcasts or audiobooks, and you watch, you watch stuff on social media and you're like, you have every intention of like, I want to get to that, but it's, but that's where it stops. It's like, you just have that intention of getting to it, but you never get to it. But then all of a sudden you start this, this plan or this physical journey. And then all of a sudden you start to see the resistance, uh, start to lessen. And all of a sudden there's an easier entryway to get to something like a, I'm just using this as an example, like a gratitude practice or journaling or so, one of those things that you see or hear on the podcast, you're like, you know what, because I've created this habit and I'm, you feel you're starting to like really feel confident in yourself and your ability to do things that are, that you have some resistance to all of a sudden that resistance starts to go away and you have that entry point to start something that, that you want to start, you know? And so all of a sudden you start stacking these other little habits and you become like a freaking your own version of a like super, superhuman, you know, like you're, yeah. you're becoming unstoppable, man. And that's fucking powerful. Yeah. It's fucking powerful. And it starts with a physical journey. I, I love what you're saying, you yeah. know, and you know, as you know, and I know this as well about you, we, we primarily work with men. Yeah. And one thing that I'm consistently seeing is that there is this hunger and, and a lot of men may not be able to communicate it, mm -hmm. but they want to feel that they're competent. Mm. They want to feel that they're capable. Yeah. They yeah. want to feel like they can be the leaders of their lives where they can lead themselves to the thing that they desire yeah. and they are able to yeah. pursue that for themselves. And when we're able to do that, as you said, we have a deeper understanding of who we are, yeah. but we as well feel more confident in our lives, mm -hmm. right? And what that really requires in many ways is moving through that threshold of discomfort, pain, resistance, right? Yeah. And it's actually part of the journey. It's part of the path. People see it as the problem, right? People see it as this thing of how do I get rid of the resistance? How do I get rid of this this like discomfort, but it's more about that the resistance is here to shape you. It's here to like support you and rising to the challenge, mm -hmm. to rising to that level that you want to get to. So it's here. And to me, it's, it's actually here to support you, to serve you. Right. And it, yeah. I think that reframe has really supported me in many ways. That's beautifully put. I, that's beautifully put. I love that. And I, and just to piggyback on that, it's, yeah, as men, there's this weird feeling. And again, in the work that I do as well with men, um, for those, I, I didn't get to it, but for those, I, 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 I do, uh, adventure retreats with men in Peru, Morocco, and Ecuador. Definitely want to get into that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and also the men that I work with in my coaching in a one-on-one -on -one capacity and even men that I've talked to, it, 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 you know, uh, the common theme is there's this weird feeling of falling, you know, being flat, feeling stuck, and you don't know why. It's a we. It's a just this. It's this gut wrenching feeling, 
And this is interesting because a lot of these men have a lot going on in their lives. And I mean a lot going on in a, an amazing way. They've, they're, they're doing well financially. They're, they're excelling in their professional career, right? Uh, you know, they have the, the good family life. They have all the things. But there's this feeling that we, a lot, we all can relate because it's not like you, you, you feel great and then that's it. Like, no, you feel great and then all of a sudden again, it hits again and you're like, okay, this is my system telling me it's time to recalibrate, mm. right? And so I feel like what's beautiful is that there's a lot of things in life that we cannot control. But with a physical journey, that is absolutely in our control. And so start there. Because if you don't know where to start, because that's the other thing that's, 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 that's frustrating. It's like, I don't know where to start. Well, start there. Start there and and through that journey of creating the discipline, creating the routine, seeing transformation in your physical, uh, you know, not just the physical shape, but how you feel internally, then think something will happen. You know, you're going to, again, as men, we are mission driven. And so all of a sudden, when you create this mission that's within your control and you start proving to yourself that you can, you can get it right. Cause you're showing up for yourself all of a sudden that's doing something to your system that is, I mean, you're recalibrating. You're in the process of recalibrating. And then through that recalibrating process, now you can, again, tack on the next thing. But start with what's in your control, you know? Start with that and then all of a sudden, I think it's it's seeking out other mentors, other men that can fucking sharpen you because you, th that's the journey you can start on your own is like the, the the physical, but then through that journey, now that you've proven yourself, like, like you're important and that you're going to follow your mission now start tacking on, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a men's group, like, like yours, like start tacking these type of bringing these men into your life. And now the, the you're really recalibrating and you're up leveling, you're, you're, sh you're sharpening. And all of a sudden that feeling of stuck or um, stagnant, whatever you want to call it, it starts to go away because you have purpose and mission within this, within this, your own personal mission. But now you're being challenged by these other men. That's it, man. And I just had to say one more thing. One of the most frustrating things about being in this work, because I can only imagine some of your listeners are, are, you know, there's some that might be very new in their journey, but there also might be some that are far along. I know one of the, the most frustrating things about me, and I want to speak to this, just point it out, is it's not all linear for me either. Like I, there's a lot of times I'm still in the gym. I'm doing all the things. I have the men's sharpening me. And then all of a sudden I feel that feeling and I'm like, wait a second. Well, what, what? I thought I'm, I'm checking all the boxes with what I'm you know, supposed to be doing. And I had that feeling, but that's just an interesting time to kind of go back in and figure out what is it I need, you know? And it's again, I have to recalibrate again mm. and that's okay. Mm. We're going to have to recalibrate. It's like, we have to, mm. you know, it's like shooting a rifle, man. After, after shooting that thing for, you know, a certain period of time, you gotta, you gotta adjust the sights again. Mm. You know, it doesn't just stay like that for life, you know? Yeah, man. So much gold in just what you said and just want to highlight. I mean, I would love to get into that a little bit later, but just the importance of consistently exploring our edges specifically to something that is meaningful to us. Um, so I think that is something yeah. that is highly important. 
And then as well, having men around us that challenge us. Yeah. Not in a way where they put us down, where it's like more of this competition-based thing where we're like overpower attempting to overpower each other, but it's like we're rising together and yeah. challenging each other yeah. in that way. So I think that is something absolutely essential. The thing I want to really segue into with this conversation is I would love to hear um, about some of those moments where you had to recalibrate. And I know mm -hmm. there has been one distinct moment where you really had to um, change a lot of things in your own personal life. Um, and I was aware, I'm aware that you were a strength and conditioning coach for a few years at that time. You were married. Um, it, yeah. Why don't you just share with our audience, you know, sure. what was happening for you and what was going down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Th and thank you for, yeah, for asking that question. I, I it, so I, I was, ex I was very much like those men that I was just talking about. I was, I had my dream job. I was, I was the the head strength coach for baseball at the University of Texas. It was a destination job for what I did, and uh, and then I also I I, uh, I married a long term girlfriend who um, who was a doctor at a at a, a children's hospital in Austin, and so it's kind of like woo, we're like a power couple, you know. And so like, um, and then all of a sudden through that, you know, we got the house, we got the cars. We uh we got the dog, we got the white picket fence. <laughs> you, were, you were living the life. <laughs> we had the American dream. That's it. You know, we really didn't have the white picket fence, but you know, that's the quote unquote American sure. dream. So we had the American dream. All the boxes were checked, right? We had an amazing uh social life and we were, you know, part of different, you know, social circles. Um and you know, fast forward two years of that, and I was fucking miserable. <laughs> and and had that feeling of what's the matter with me? I should be fucking happy because I checked all the boxes. I have the dream job. I'm, you know, I, I, I have all the things I had, like, this is all, this is all supposed to be good. Like they, they said it was going to be good. Why isn't it good? You know? And it's frustrating. It's frustrating when that feeling exists in your system. And so, you know, what I did was I suppressed it. Mm -hmm. I did what 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 a lot of men do and a lot of humans do, but like a lot of men is is we, we find a way to suppress that feeling like no 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 no. We're just going to put you to the side. And I had that feeling of what the fuck's going on? Like I'm not happy all that, but I would push it down. My my suppression mechanism was uh was bourbon, you know. And it started off kind of social um, but then it ended up where I was coming home from work and I would, you know, pour that first glass, like immediately when I got home, I'd go walk the dog, I'd pour another glass, you know, and then I'm just, you know, I'm like three, three, four deep. And, and then, you know, the wife comes home and, uh, you know, Hey, is it, you know, is that your first glass? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not even realizing this, this lie. Like I, until and that was that's that's the, the crazy part when you feel yourself, you're you're saying you're lying consistently and you even believe your own lie, like it doesn't even it doesn't even register in your system that you just lied, and that's what was happening. It was weird. It was really weird, and I was living that day in day out for about three years, where a little a little of that was happening before the actual marriage as well. It was during like, you know, before uh, getting engaged and feeling that pressure of, you know, getting into, you know, it's time to get married and da, da, da. But so anyways, I, I'm doing that frequently. 
frequently uh, for about three years. And then there was a moment where I remember sitting in my backyard and I was with my dog drinking my bourbon. And I just remember this thought that came, I was looking out. I just remember this thought that just came to me, like, like it slapped me in the face. And it was like, no one's holding a gun to your head saying, this is, you have to live this life. You know, I'm telling you, and I was just like, interesting thought. Let me run with that. You know, it was almost like permission. It was like this permission to like, Hey, you can explore other thoughts in your head. Cause I was suppressing, suppressing, suppressing. So now I'm all of a sudden, it's like, I'm opening up this door of possibility and letting it kind of, you know, just the thoughts go in my head. Like, well, but what I have to do to live a different life? Cause I'm, I'm not happy, you know? And Can I just interject just for a moment? Absolutely. I would love to hear yeah. what is it about it that like what what could you can you articulate mm-hmm. what it was that made you feel dissatisfied? Is it because you were living in misalignment yeah. of who you really are? What was the pain point for you? If you're open to yeah, going there, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I am, I am, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a tough one because I because I respect you know my ex partner. But at the same, so I'm going through a reconciliation process right mm, now mm. with John Wyland. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, a reconciliation process is where you track back to your past relationships and you do inventory on your past relationships. And, um, you know, of course, the one that I knew needed to be reconciled is my ex-wife. So I've been going through that actually pretty recently through this reconciliation process. Um yeah, there were there was a lot of things. I wasn't satisfied with um there was this, there was just a point where I would make her to be the villain. There was things that she was poking at me of you, you know, she she expected she expected more from me. She wanted more from me, right? And I wasn't providing that. And so my instead of like rising to the challenge and using that poking or as men we say nagging you know oh my wife is nagging nagging at me well maybe there's other subtle things that she's giving at first that are clues and then when you don't get the clue all of a sudden it be, it becomes quote unquote nagging really it's just them saying hey i need you i need your depth i need your presence i need whatever it is i wasn't providing that and, you know, I took that nagging because I, at the time I, I was, I was thinking as like, God, man, like this, is, she's being a bitch, you know, really what she was doing was trying to give me clues of like, I need you. I need more of you. I need your depth. But at the time I'm seeing it as that. And then you multiply that by this argument, this argument, this day, this day, time, 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 time. All of a sudden I have a villain that I'm living with, I, but this is a villain that I created. Okay. And this is what's been powerful during this reconciliation process is now at the, if, if you would have asked me this four years ago, I would have said, oh, I'll tell you why it didn't work is because she did this. She was in some of the, there might be some truth to that, right? She's going through her journey too, but I will tell you the biggest thing that I'm learning is that I'm taking responsibility that I created that. That nagging was, it, I'm, I'm learning to reframe that 
and even with in relationship now, there is the, there's subtle clues that turn into that nagging. Really what that nagging is, I need your fucking depth. I need you and you're not showing up. And they know, and I think that's what's beautiful about the feminine, about, about our partners, they know there's more in there. And they'll bring it out if you are present enough to realize it. I wasn't. I just drank and suppressed. That was my, and, you know, again, we all have our journeys. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened now, but, but through this reconciliation process of taking ownership, I can now point more at it and hope maybe, does that answer your question about kind of, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I really appreciate yeah. you just speaking into this so vulnerably mm -hmm. and, and so openly. And, yeah. um, I, I just trust that this is really valuable for many men and healing as well for many women. Yeah. Um, this, this understanding that of taking ownership yeah. in many ways of the, the yeah. challenge and how you contributed to, um, that experience. And, and this is something that has been as well, like so confronting at times, but as well, very healing for me and my, yeah. um, past relationships, yeah. because I recognize as well where I made past partners, the villains, and yeah. I would just project all these things onto them. This is what you did. You know, you blame me, criticize me, shame me, all these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there, there's this curiosity about shit. How did I contribute? Yeah. You know, what did I do mm -hmm. in order to inspire that from her? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't negate that that may not be a way to, you know, communicate, mm -hmm. but at the same time, how did I show up? Right. Yeah. And that was something that was so confronting, um, one and a half years ago, specifically as well for me, when I got out of a relationship where I was like, fuck, I don't know how to do relationship. I just came out of a relationship and the woman that I love is fucking miserable with me. Yeah. And it's, it really brought me on a journey of like looking into how I can be become more relational. You know, this is something that is, yeah, just so valuable and essential. And definitely I want to get a little bit more into, mm -hmm. um, with the work of John Wineland. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear, you know, as you started entertaining some of these new thoughts yeah. that mm -hmm. your life can change and that you can explore something different. Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> started therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was step one. That was step one. Again, it's hard to do stuff on your own. Mm. And so I was actually kind of, I was lucky. I was kind of forced into therapy because we were doing this at the time, going through the divorce process, couples therapy, and then they recommended, hey, you both need to get your own therapist, right? And so for me, coming from that, you know, that background of like, you know, what it all costs, like, like alpha, alpha male environment, you don't get therapy. You know, I don't get how I'm not, I don't need that shit. And were you, I'm curious to hear, were you as well connected to your feelings at that time or was that as well something that you kind of, I think, like, okay, shut yeah. down? No, I love it. Yeah. So sober, no. You, you put some drinks in me, you know, just like for, I think we can all relate to this is, mm. you know, uh, sometimes when you, when you talk with some men, uh, a conscious man will talk about this anytime. Uh, but when you're, when you're not really yet conscious or your awareness isn't there yet, you just got to go to the bar and get a bunch of drinks and you, and all of a sudden you start hearing the whole, bro, let me talk to you. Come here. You know, fuck, I love you, bro. And then all of a sudden you fucking spill your guts, you know? And, and so it's in there obviously for all of us, 
But for me, it was just, it was in there. You just had to get mm -hmm. some drinks in. Yeah. And that's where that demand from, I want more of your depth, yeah. your presence comes yeah. from because you're ultimately not feeling yourself. Yep. You know, and I can fucking relate to myself as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many moments where I didn't feel myself. I didn't want to feel because it denied the, the, the story I've been told about and who I need to be as a man to be valuable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what yeah. makes me more of a man? Well, not feeling your feelings, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so that is not a way of how we can navigate a relationship. Yeah, right? totally. So I think that's just something as well, really valuable that I wanted to as well. Mindy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and for me, that was the, the beginning was, was therapy. I met a, a, an amazing therapist in Austin, Texas. Um, and it was a woman and we just connected. And I think that's, I think I was also lucky to find a therapist that just really, um, knew how to work with me and I felt really safe and comfortable with her. And bro, we started, we just started to go to work and I was just, and I realized I needed it. And I felt so good after the sessions. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't allowing that side of me to ever show up or at least ever to express. And here I am in an hour session, being able to express these things that have been suppressed. Mm. And have you ever done that before? No, I had never done, never had done therapy. No. Or just revealing those parts of you, I guess, as well. I, I think not, no, not these, these, these were deep, deep, maybe some medium level ones, but not these deep ones. These are ones that I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it's like in the basement in the it's cellar, in the fucking basement. <laughs> yeah, like we that we lock the basement most of the time, right? So I'm like, I don't know. I, should I go here? You know, like I even had shame in myself bringing it up. Like I'm hearing myself talk, and I'm like, like I'm judging myself as it's coming out of my mouth. You know, but it's it's interesting. It was during that process that I that I realized. uh this is important. This is necessary and I'm healing. And that's really where my healing journey started was through, it was supervised therapy in a professional setting. And then that woman actually, uh, I would say she became also, she had this bookshelf. She was a very, um, she had this aura about her, this essence, you know, she always dressed with like, she was wearing these, these necklaces and mandalas and all this, uh, whatever. Like she had all this stuff in her these paintings and then she had this amazing bookshelf and I was like hey I love what we're doing but I want what you have and I also these books I'm interested pointed a book read I'll point her a book for me to read and so she pointed at um uh Eckhart Tolle's book uh um Power of Now and I read that within a week got back to her and then that's where I would say my spiritual journey started uh, so I was already opening up to possibility and opening up to letting those things that I'd suppressed for years start to come up and really start putting ego like, Hey ego, you can take a seat for a little while. I'm going to do some work. Uh, and then it was through, you know, her and her guidance and mentorship, um, that really led me down my spiritual journey. And then that was the moment where my whole world started to fucking change because it was one moment after another in my day-to-day -day life, my regular day-to-day, -day, I would just see things differently and it would stop me in my tracks and I would be like, you, you just get these downloads and these realizations of, whoa, huh, 
you know, I'll give you one example. I remember as I was going through this journey, because we always start as a student. I'm a, here I am as a student in this very new uh, field of information, and, and I'm, 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 I'm reading all these books, uh, you know, um, and I'm walking in Austin, Texas. There's this trail called uh, Lady Bird Lake or Town Lake, and um, I would walk this often, but I'm walking the same path that I'd walked for like, you know, three years. And I'm walking this path and all of a sudden I look up and I see the leaves are green. And that sounds fucking crazy, <laughs> but I was just like, of course I had seen that they're green before, but I, they were re I saw the vibrance and I saw them really just green. And I stopped and I fucking started bawling crying because I was just like, oh my God, I have a, ch like, there's, I, I can do this, you know? Cause I, th I think I was, I was, I still had deep down, I still thought like I had all the, the, the stuff of like, uh, this is your life now. You just got to keep doing this. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I can do whatever I want. Like I can, I have another chance. That was the, I, I have another chance. And like, I'm seeing already, I'm seeing the beauty of everything around me. And I was like, I have another chance. Oh my God, I have another chance. And then there's like that excitement of like, holy shit, what, what, what is even happening right now? What do I do with this? You know? And yeah, I just, it, it was, I was, then I, the, the growth started happening. I started seeing the beauty and everything. I started even to become a better coach with the athletes. But then there was a point where I was, excelling so much and like feeling this vibrance come out of me, you know, which was that ultimately that essence that I was telling you about that, that my therapist had, it's just, it's just coming out of me because I'm, I'm, I'm just allowing it to like come out and it's showing up everywhere. And people are like, Hey, what's different about you? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? And I don't know. I don't, I'm just, I'm again, I'm, I'm a student of this beautiful, beautiful, um, new way of living. <laughs> and, uh, of being open, living open. Mm. I think that's really what it is, is of just being open. And yeah, I just got to a point where I, that world of the strength conditioning world, uh, there was a ceiling to it. And I wanted to see what was on the other side of the ceiling. So um, I quit my job, I sold everything, and I got a one-way ticket to travel the world for one year because I wanted to go explore more of me and see what's out there. Uh, and then, of course, I had a great resume. I'll get another university job when I get back. But once I started down that journey, bro, and I started meeting other people like you and seeing that other men even talk like you, you know, I was like, well, that's different. That's something I haven't really seen before. And I've been around men my whole life in these powerful men, you know, but powerful in a different way, you know. I'm wondering, yeah. I'm wondering if travel, like what is it about travel yeah. that made you believe this is an access point for me to get to know myself better? Because it has been, it has been for me. Yeah. It has been yeah, for yeah. me. But I wonder, you know, for yeah. the listeners here, like they may ask themselves, well, how? I, I don't, I don't get it. I've never done this before. Right. So yeah. I would love to hear, you know, yeah. what was that? I think it's no different than our, it kind of goes back to our beginning discussion about the physical journey, right? Just go travel and something good will happen. I promise you, <laughs> you know, just get, go do it.
but also go do it with, and I, and I know you know this too, go outside of the, like go outside of the resorts. When we say go travel, it's not, you know, getting a ticket, you know, for all, all my, if, if you use people, I'm, I'm from the States, right? Like you go to Cancun, <laughs> that's a different type of experience. You go to Las Vegas, that's a different type of travel. This is what you're, what, what, what you're talking about. What I'm talking about is go, go to a place that, 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 that requires exploration and a sense of adventure. Meaning you don't know necessarily what's going to happen, right? I go to a resort, I can tell you what's going to happen, right? I may not know the exacties, but I can, in its essence, I know what's going to happen, right? But when you go travel, you don't know what's going to happen necessarily day to day. And that's the beauty. You don't know. And then through that journey, there's going to be incredible people that you are going to meet, local and other travelers. What I've learned about travel is yes, there are moments where just the travel itself, the places they there's there's a there's a power uh, there because you're learning more about yourself. You're going in right by looking at all these beautiful new things because you're just your nervous system is like being like you're so fucking open to just all of this right because it's so different, it's so outside of your norm, but. The beauty that I found in travel is the people, 100% the people, whether it's the local people. And sometimes you don't even need to be in conversation. It's just sitting back and just observing day-to-day life. And just by observing the day-to-day life, it gives you this beautiful appreciation. It humbles you. And a lot of times it's like the simplicity, like just the basic, basic simplicity, you know, of seeing like, for example, like I was in Peru one time and I was just watching like this dad playing uh, football. And for those people from the States or, you know, it's soccer, you, you, you call it soccer, but it's football everywhere else in the world, but playing football with like a Coke can and just having the fucking time of their lives, you know? And you watch that and you're just like, man, that's fucking beautiful right there. And it does something to you. It does something to you at a deep, deep spiritual level. But then there's the sitting down at a cafe or just, you know, you're walking up the beaten path. And all of a sudden I sit at a coffee shop and there's an Alex to, you know, two seats down journaling and doing something really interesting. And, you know, just the essence of travel, we start getting into conversation because you're more open to conversation on the travel road than you would be, you know, let's say at the, your regular coffee, you might go to a Starbucks at in your hometown, you see the same people every day and you may not talk to them once for two years. But in a cafe on the travel road, you know, I go there one time and then all of a sudden we end up in a conversation and this happens all the time and it's always interesting and you're always going to learn because the type of people that are on that road are thinking differently. They're thinking differently. They're kind of outside of that, that, that box, you know, they're outside of that box or whether they're way outside or they're just starting to peek outside, they're outside the box. So the conversation that you're going to have, you will learn something. You will learn something about them that that's really interesting, that will stem some curiosity that you want to explore, or they will pull something out of you that's interesting as well. You know, the people, man. Mm-hmm. It's the people you meet that that uh, that is unique on mm-hmm. the travel road for sure. Yeah. What are some of the biggest changes that you saw 
within that one year of traveling and, and lessons maybe that you then took mm, um, mm. into your life and then as well inspire the yeah. work that you do. Yeah. Um, honest, uh, honestly, the thing that, well, first of all, the thing that inspired me was like, back to that was meeting people like you. I met, I met people like you that were doing incredible work, you know, I was like, whoa, I didn't know stuff like this existed. You know, it opens up what, the possibilities of what the is possible. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, I want to do that. I want, or I don't know if I want to do that, but I want to do something like that. I know I want to help people. I've always helped people, right? I've just done it in, in my field. But now I want to help people a little differently. You know, I, I realized that through the travel, what, what I realized was I loved trekking. I, I, I loved nature. And it was these long treks, you know, you know, two, three, four day treks that I would go off and I would, it was like doing six months of therapy, you know, because the thoughts that you are, you can easily like, you know, play ping pong with eventually you can't do that anymore. They, they're there and you face them. Right. And so you're on these long walks and you're facing these thoughts that you normally are able to like move aside and and you make peace with them or you deal with them you face your gremlins you think about interesting thoughts you know you learn about yourself and then at the same time you're amongst nature and let me tell you something <laughs> nature heals like it's just get outside and let nature do its job and again something good will happen something will come up and that's what i learned i was like holy shit also, it was a combination of meeting people like yourself. Of course, I did other things like I did Vipassana, uh, 10 day Vipassana. I did all these other things that, that can, that were just more curiosity of like, I want to go deeper into this, this, this stuff that I'm thinking about. I want to go deeper in it. So meditation was a big piece of that, but, um, it was meeting people like yourself and it was these long treks that I was like, okay, I want other men to understand and know that that feeling that that stuck or that stagnant feeling that I felt in my back back when I was drinking and I was married, where, where I literally thought, this is just how life is, man. This is how life is. It's all good. You know, just we can do this. It's not that bad. I, but but I, you know, I can suppress this this fucking thing, you know, and just and just because things aren't that bad. I wanted men to know that that there's possibility on the outside of that because when I realized there was a moment during that travel, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Because I could think so clearly back and, and, and be like, wow, how the hell did I get from where I was to where I am right now? How the fuck did that happen? It's possible. And I wanted other men to know it is possible. And so, it, so yeah, I took that combination. I was like, I want to create something for men that feel that stuck, that stagnant, that feeling of like, I, I, they, they, can't, they can't pinpoint it. What is this weird feeling? I want men to know that there is possibility outside of that. And I want to combine the two things that really uh, made an impact in my life. Getting into nature and walking, trekking, doing some type of physical challenge amongst brothers, right? And other men that support them, that sharpen them, that they can talk to and be vulnerable, vulnerable around and say the things that they aren't able to say in their day-to-day and their peers in their day-to-day. And really, it's just all, all... So for me, 
and I'm, I'm growing in my coaching ability in this embodiment work in the Wineland program. But really for me, what I've realized I've done, because I didn't know what I was doing at first. I was like, I just had that idea. Really what I've, I can name it now. What I've done is I've created a, a very safe container of the, these, these retreats where really what I've done is I've created a container and then what we do in that container, man, is, and we can do anything, right? Because the container is safe. We're amongst quality other men, you know, quality individuals, quality men. When I say quality, I mean men that are willing to do the work. They're there to grow. They're there to surrender to an extent and be like, man, like just relax and open. Step into the unknown. Step into the unknown and open. And when you add physical challenge to that in nature, uh, you know, powerful stuff happens. Powerful stuff. I'm sure there's a scientific explanation to that. I can't tell you what it is, but I've seen it because I'm. that's what I've been mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. I just see what happens to men when they're out there in nature amongst other amazing men and just the conversations that happen organically and natural. Mm. Life-changing. I mean... I mean, there's so much that we can speak into and yeah. definitely want as well leave some time so we can speak about the Wineland program and everything yeah, yeah, you've been yeah. working on. But I want to pinpoint on some of, you know, I guess the things I heard from you that mm -hmm. I believe is making this such a transformative experience. You know, I, I think, and I, I believe this is very, um, I believe this is generally the case for everybody, but a lot of men that I speak to, there is this, they live a life under the expectation of who they think they should be and how they should be living their lives. And so as a result, they're closed off to those possibilities, right? They're kind of like in the classic matrix, living the nine to five, yeah. climbing up the corporate ladder, exploring status, success, yeah. in an attempt to, to some degree on a deeper level, attempt to prove their worth, attempt to prove daddy wrong, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, it, it could be so many different things. And what I'm hearing is that these containers that you're creating, they actually become an opportunity where men can inquire into, is this me? Is this my vision? Or is this maybe my wounded boy's vision that wants to prove someone else wrong? Uh, or maybe am I following someone's uh, other's expectation? Yeah. Um, I'm seeing as well the value of men coming together mm -hmm. here because you know one narrative that I've been taught, and I know many men have been taught that I speak to, they're about, I got to be the lone wolf. I got to have everything figured out. Yeah. All right. I can't, I can't share my vulnerabilities with others. I can't show them where I'm struggling because that will make me weak. And then they'll kick me out of the tribe. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it creates this opportunity, this container where yeah. men can actually speak into what it is that they're dealing with. They create connection. They create bonds. And it's like brotherhood. Mm. I've yeah. never experienced brotherhood. I'm tasting it yeah. for the first time this nature around me, it creates an opportunity where I can actually genuinely come into connection with myself. Yeah. Because up until this point, I've only lived up to who I think I should be. For that, I needed to disconnect from myself, right? No I needed to know myself. No doubt. I needed to drink. I needed to watch porn. I needed to mm -hmm. take drugs. Yeah. I needed to do all these things. Yeah. So to remove myself from my connection to myself. Mm -hmm. But in this container, I can feel you know, what I got to feel. Yeah. I can, I can wrestle with those gremlins and I can start coming back into relationship with myself again. Oh, and from that place, so 
I can come into an understanding of the awe and the beauty and the wonder. Yeah. And it's like, we can look at those leaves that you described and we can see the green leaves, mm. but we're seeing it from a different perspective because we're now, we're in relationship again. Mm-hmm. We're in relationship to life. We're in relationship to ourselves, right? Yeah. And that's, that's where I see the beauty coming in of what you're that's doing. Good. That's good. Wow. I love what you just said, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, 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 that hit, that hit, that yeah. hit. That's, that's, oh, mm. so many things that you just said that are so important for, again, this, these type of conversations need to be happening more and more with men because it is so common and we just don't talk about it. Like you said, the suppression mechanisms of, you, you, you named a couple more, right? We talked about the drinking, but the porn, uh, the sex, whatever, man. It's like you name it and you list it off. And what's interesting is like, we're in a society that like, that actually kind of like uh, rewards you for some of these things. You know, the guy that has all the sex, you know, the guy that's partying, drinking, whatever, like, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, even I could tell you the locker room talk back from athletics, man. Like, like everyone's watching porn. We're laughing about it, man. Mm. You know, like, and, and like, I, I just the locker room type talk and that's the normalized shit, you know? And so you think about this, like, oh, okay, that's, I need to identify more like that. That's me being a, being a man. Right. But it's, you're running away from like the core and your truth by these other this other crap man so yeah that's beautifully put it's that's uh, so interesting oh, there was something i that that what, what, what were you on right before that yeah i mean i i guess it just reflected back to you all the things that i see as so essential and valuable to what you're doing yeah i think the last thing that I just shared that mm. all of these things coming back together, yeah, they actually lead us into a space where we can come into connection and relationship to life yeah. and ourselves. Right. So that's really what I'm seeing. Yeah. I, I do now remember what I wanted to say, because I think this is an interesting one and I'm really just, uh, this is what's beautiful about this type of conversation. I'm really having this thought because of this conversation, this just came up. And I think it's interesting to share. We'll see how it lands here. I'll say it out loud. But one thing I've actually noticed in the the container that I that that we just talked about that I that I create with these with these adventure retreats, there are actually several men that I have seen that within that that are opening up and are exploring themselves really truly to the core for the first time because of this nature, because of this adventure because of being amongst these other men and all of a sudden they're talking about things they've never talked about or stuff's coming up that they didn't even know right it's been in their system and they're just like it's coming out they're like what the fuck was that it's rocking their world and so one thing for me that was that was interesting as a coach was they would i would notice at the end of the retreat they weren't on they weren't necessarily on the same high that some of the other members were and for me, I was like, oh, shit, I can do my job, man. Like, fuck, because I, I want, in my mind, I, I want everyone to come away feeling like alive and, you know, motivated and inspired. And I noticed that that wasn't everybody. But these are also the people that came back to another experience or over time, you know, would report back, man, because what it was, was that was the punch. They just got fucking 
that the, everything they thought they knew about themselves just got fucking rocked. And now they're in this state of like, what do I do now? But that's a beautiful thing. That's actually a, a fucking beautiful thing. If you are in that state, it feels weird because it's like uneasy. But what I would encourage people to do, if you get to that point, go find someone that can help you and talk to them. Find support, find a group because you're not alone. It's a weird feeling, but that doesn't mean that that's, so I, think, I think that's almost like a crossroads where people can like get to that and have like an oh shit moment and double down on the, on the porn, double down on the sex, double down on that stuff. Because they're, it's like, oh, you did this great retreat. You did this great weekend immersion. And all of a sudden now you have this, but you don't have the guidance of the, um, of the integration or you don't even know where to go after this. You're just on this high and you're like, and then it's interesting. Then you double down on the stuff you did before. And, you, and then you question yourself even more. And like, now you're really, the shame really comes in because you, you do know better and you do anyway. Mm. And you go back to your habitual behavior and it's a weird place to be. Yeah. It's a really strange place to be. It's yeah. alone. And it be, the, the loneliness almost doubles. Mm. It could be really weird. So I would just encourage people, that's the moment. Do not do it by yourself. If you feel, if you're like, you have all the information and all of a sudden stuff starting to come up, don't do, don't do that by yourself. Go find Go find other men and, and specifically other men. Yeah. Really. That's, that's important too. Yeah. I love this brother. And I love as well, this little add on, I think it's just so valuable and just, uh, importance of finding mentors, finding yeah. people who we can yeah. look up to, finding people who have walked this path, this new path that mm -hmm. we don't know shit about. Right. Mm -hmm. And it requires that humility in us. And then mm -hmm. I don't know, and I need support. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, having a support group around us, right? We yeah. really have to yeah, yeah. move past the lone wolf mentality and really step into a connection and really step into this place of being in a relationship mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And I think this yeah. is a beautiful yeah. transition point where I feel like it's definitely still valuable for what I'm seeing uh, for us to get into. Um, yeah. Some of the current work that you're doing, because I know as well, it's, it's in many ways, um, quite different, I'm going to say, yeah. compared to, you yeah. know, the coaching and the adventure. But what got you, first of all, into the work of John Wineland? And um, what are you learning through these experiences? And before I, um, before we get into that, I, I may just want to share a little bit about John Wineland. So, yeah. you know, John Wineland, he, he's somebody who trained under David Data for many years, who was pretty much like, he wrote this book called The Way of the Superior Man, which has been such a foundational book. I'm going to say in men's work, but more of a flavor of men's work, which is more, I'm going to say spiritually oriented, yeah. where he speaks about masculine feminine dynamics, which are not um, solely based on gender, but rather are energetics, right? And John Wineland, you know, of course, you know, taught under, uh, sorry, was t um, learning, studying under him for many years, but then he went on his own path, right? And so uh, I've gotten a lot from his work and I, I saw the relational aspect of men's work that I saw that a lot of the work that I was doing up until that point yeah. that was missing. And so some of the um, speaking points that we've had so far on relationship, I feel this is where his work and you know some others in that space are incredibly valuable. Yeah. And so I just wanted to have an opportunity for us to get into a conversation about that and um, just 
have other you know people who are listening receive value from that sure yeah let's hear it <laughs> no yeah sure sure yeah so yeah the way th i'll start with the way i got into that because i had no idea uh you know uh, who john wineland was or uh, of course i knew david data because i've been part of some men's groups before and so the way of the spirit vans staple in that work right so you hear about i've heard about that had read it but i had read that book at a different stage of my life you know, I had read it very early on in my journey um, from a different lens. And it was also being talked about um, among men that were using it, the information. They were just at a different stage of where they were at, right? Single men, getting women, <laughs> things like this. Um, and so I, I had a different light to that, that reading and, and what I was reading then. Um, but fast forward to very recently, I was... Uh, I. I talked about how I'd been divorced and I did have another girlfriend and some beautiful women that I've dated um, since then. But there was one girl, I, ha I still hadn't ever had a girlfriend. And I, I was in Portugal and, and uh, started dating a girl who became my girlfriend, this beautiful woman from Portugal. And um, she was a very conscious woman doing her own work, right? Um, and... I had just done this uh, this retreat in Morocco that I opened up to women as well. I did men and women as my first one. And there were some issues that I was having leading the feminine. And I and, and I just was identifying that. I didn't I thought I understood it because I had coached women's sports before, you know, and I'm like, oh, I know how to, you know. But when you're opening up a container of complete vulnerability and and, and opening up the same the same container I opened up for men, which I which I still learning, but I, I, I knew how to handle that. When I opened it up for women, I was like, Ooh, I think I'd have, I've, I'm, I'm stretching myself a little here, you know, especially as a facilitator. So I realized that and there were some other things that just happened during the trip where I was like, God, man, I just felt like I failed, you know, I felt like I failed leading the feminine. And then I go back to Portugal and I had some things that were, I was, I was questioning myself and then some things that came up in, in the relationship and then all of a sudden we, we break up uh, and then I really feel like I just don't understand the feminine I'm failing the feminine and it was again at that point where you know you feel like everything's linear in your life and then all of a sudden you get fucking rocked and here we go recalibration <laughs> but I, I didn't identify that now till uh, I, I didn't identify that at the time at the time like what the fuck's happening now what I realize is life if you open up to life, life is constantly going to give you opportunity to recalibrate and it's going to give you signs. This was a sign. And it was very different than the work that I've been doing. But she said, I think you need to look at this guy named John Wineland's work. And she sent me his Instagram and I started looking at it. And I just started listening to him talk. And I was just like, okay, wow. Some, he just, the way that he just uh, speaks, the way he speaks, and it, it just transmits what he... It just really spoke to me and resonated with me. I was like, wow, this is kind of different the way he's talking about it. You know, similar messages to to a data and some of these other things, but the way he says it is just, I'm like, I'm paying attention. Now I'm looking at the website. Now I'm looking at the work he's doing. And of course, now I'm looking more to David Data's work again. Then I, then I read John's book from the core. And I was really interested now because again, I'm reading this work now at the stage I'm at now compared to where I was, you know, four or five years ago. 
And obviously he's bringing up David Data again. So I reread The Way of Superior Man. And it was, it was a totally different book than what I read four years ago. You know what I mean? Because I was just reading it with a whole new light. And I was like, I have work to do. I have work to do. And I looked at, uh, I, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do some of John's programs. Again, like I told you before, I always want to find out who's the best. And I want to go learn from them. You know, I learned from some of the strength coaches. I, Bob Proctor was another guy I went and learned from. I want to learn from the best in this work. And I didn't even know what this work was. Honestly, not, I'm like, what is, what is this? I, I, I thought I knew what embodiment was. Like, what is this embodiment work? Sexual polarity? What? You know, like, this is interesting. And so I just do I, 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 um, there was a te this teacher training program that was, they were closing enrollment soon. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking dive in, you know? And so I, I, I contacted them. Uh, one of the guys, uh, named Travis, it's a lead trainer in the program. He, he interviewed me and I was just like, man, if this is one of the, if this, this guy is going to be one of the teachers, I, I'm it, you know? And I told him, I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm a newbie. I don't know much about this stuff. But he was like, no, man, you're perfect. Because of that, I think that you're, this is going to really, this is going to be good for you. So I did it. Um, we had a couple calls where I was like, I just felt lost. And I was like, what's going on? But then we had our first immersive training in London. And I got to see John and see him talk and do his thing and lead this work that we were doing, whether it was shadow work or whether it was... Um, you know, embodiment work and uh, or or sexual polarity work, uh, partner practice, uh, men's work where we're doing warrior training and working with each other. All of a sudden, every day we we would do something. I'd go home and be absolutely rocked. Like, what the fuck just happened? Because my nervous system was being challenged and it was so outside of its comfort zone. I was working my edges constantly, but that's his. That's his genius is John will take you to your edge and you play your edges. You're constantly playing your edges and you're just being like, okay, can I get a little bit more? Can I get a little bit more? And all of a sudden you start, um, and you start building your resilience and your capacity or like we had talked earlier, your range, your range starts to, to expand because he is constantly pushing you at your edges. And when you play at your edges, all of a sudden, Next time you play at that edge, it's not as bad. I can go a little further. I can go a little further, right? And so you start easing into all this stuff and you feel like, wow, you feel like your range is really growing in other areas of your life. And that's what's happening to me in a very short time in this program is the work that we're doing. It's so edgy for me. I'm constantly like, I'm, ner I'm nervous. I'm, I'm constantly outside of my comfort zone. But then I'm noticing even how I'm coaching, how I'm in conversation with people, how I'm showing up in life, how I'm sitting, sit, just sitting in just whether I'm on a scooter ride um, here in Bali or if I'm sitting by, by the beach, I'm, it's different. I'm taking in life differently because I can feel myself expanding. My, my range of, of uh, openness is expanding and it's really been incredible and I've been taking that not just in the I think a lot of people think that this that work is for for you know just relationship with or you know at a romantic uh, capacity or in sexual uh, the same but it's way more than that it's it's you you build this relationship with yourself that you didn't even know existed and then all of a sudden you realize 
really what it, and from my experience, what it is, I'm constantly, am I in integrity with myself in this area, this area, this area? And I'm, I'm just like checking in. Am I, am I in integrity? And sometimes the answer is no, but it's the awareness that I'm not in integrity with that. And I'm going to do something about it. And that brings it back in integrity. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's happening in this program, in this work mm. is I am, I am, I am constantly looking at myself more, mm. um, and with, with, with compassion, mm. but just looking at myself and understanding, wow, mm. we're out of integrity in this area. Mm. How do we, how do we get on track? Right. Mm. And then in relationship, I'm noticing that, uh, you know, I've, I've been dating and, uh, man, there's been, I didn't realize how out of integrity I was in the past with dating. Now I'm going in with, with purpose, with openness, with truth, right? And I, and it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different experience. You know, it's been, it's been beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. It's been really, really beautiful yeah. with that work. And I'm, and I am on the beginning path. Yeah. 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 I, I love hearing this and I'm aware that I opened up, you know, a whole another can of worms, you know, just by revealing this conversation. Yeah. And I know you, you know, termed a lot of things like sexual polarity, embodiment, shadow work. Yeah. Like we didn't describe that and I'm aware sure. of that for the listeners. But I guess I think what I wanted to just address and just highlight is the importance as well of getting into this type of work and um, exploring growth and development as well in a way that's relational because I've done a lot of personal growth work for almost a decade now. Yeah. And little of it was very relational. And so I came out of that relationship yeah. I told you about one and a half years ago. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't know shit mm -hmm. about how to be in relationship, yeah. you know? And this is where that work started really coming in on a much deeper level for me. Um, I'm curious to hear, and this would probably be the final question before, we start winding down and close things off. Sure. But I'm curious to hear this work. How has it um, been changing your perspective on being a man? Like, what has it been teaching you about mm. being a man? No pressure. No, 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 no. I, 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 it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's an amazing question. I just, I want to, I want to sink into that question a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, before I, I, uh, my, it's been an interesting journey personally of, uh, you know, I, I, I came from this very masculine, uh, world and athletics and the alpha male and when it all cost. And even terms like don't be a pussy was very common, right? Toxic. You could say all this. So in my opinion, so I came from this world of that. And then when I went on my journey, I went to explore more of a, you could say more of a feminine, more of a, the other end of the spectrum of like flow and like sitting in meditation and, you know, toxic masculinity, you know, da, 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 da. And so for me now I'm like, I'm really kind of exploring this side being like almost shameful of like that I even came from that world, you know, I came, and so I'm looking at the other end of the spectrum, which, which was me, you know, where I lived. And now I'm, I'm exploring this other end and I'm, looking at masculinity as like not a good thing, you know? 
And then as I got a deeper understanding of this world, I was like, okay, I need to kind of like balance this shit out, you know, because I love it. I'm, I love that I'm over here. I love that I'm learning this, but Matt, all masculinity is not bad. And I think that that was something that was an interesting, I, I kind of like swayed way over here. And then I realized, hold up, this is actually, this side is also, you know, this is way over here. That's way over here, but there's gotta be a beautiful middle ground. And I, and so I feel like that's, that's been my, my, my journey of understanding that the word masculinity to a lot of people, it can trigger them, especially in today's society. Same thing with maybe the, the, the feminine, you know, just hearing those terms totally can, can trigger people. What I've learned is that it's actually a fucking beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and understanding those two things is, it's refreshing. Mm. It's actually refreshing mm. when you learn its essence, mm -hmm. where it comes from and its core. And so for me, masculinity now is this being grounded in consciousness and something I'm learning in the John Wyland program is I've in my meditation practice I've for the last several years that I've been deep into it's always going in awareness in awareness in awareness going in 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 awareness 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 now with this program it's attunement and going out right and so that's really been my journey in masculinity is is when I'm showing up is being grounded in consciousness and that attunement to feeling out and to feeling the room to feeling into you this conversation um being on a date or being you know really feeling into like being open and grounded in that conversation right being that masculine presence that divine masculine presence of grounded consciousness for that partner so she can be in her feminine flow and in her, in her essence and love and and um you know that's been the i i i just i never thought of it like this man mm. i never i only thought of masculinity as like that toxic masculine mm. i never thought of it in the divine mm. Mm. in this beauty and as men, I, I I now look at it and I'm like, this is needed, man. Mm. This is needed. And you and I had a different conversation too. I think one thing um, in this work, um, and I have to give credit to the people that uh, that I learned this from, is as Justin Patrick Justin Patrick Pearson and um, and London Winters. That there are other people in this in this in this work. They've actually kind of. Uh, change the terms to, uh, or they, they shouldn't didn't change, but they use the terms alpha and omega. In its essence, it's very similar to the ma the masculine and the feminine, but it's uh, it just you can also just however you want to put it, but it's very it's understanding that alpha, you know, understanding that masculine in, in different areas of your life, it, it's important, man, mm. and it's really really beautiful. It's changed, mm. it's changed, it's changed how I'm going about everything, mm. just in life. Uh, but also in relationships. Mm. The dating I've been doing now has been conscious dating. It's mm. been in integrity. I can walk away from it. And I also have other men that I can go to and, and actually ask them and tell them what I'm going through just to double check. Hey, I feel an integrity, which is important, but I want to tell you what I just did. What, what are your thoughts, right? 
and 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 because th this is where the sharpening comes in. They might you, you might think you're an integrity, but they actually might be like, actually, bro, I feel like that wasn't. Mm. And so it's like, oh shit, okay. And but but it's but it's again, you know. So it's having those those uh, those men to check to check you. But yeah, yeah kind of that that was a big answer to me. Yeah, no, I I love it, brother. I love it. Yeah. And just yeah. speaking as well, just to that evolution of maybe coming more from this place of mm. being cut off from our emotions and coming from this place of striving, winning, achieving, acquiring, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. you know, there, there can be an unhealthy expression of that. There can be an adolescent expression mm -hmm. of that, right? And then and yeah. then as a reaction swinging the other way, falling more into, like if we were to put an archetype on it, like more the nice guy and being more sensitive and, mm -hmm. and, and, and more flowy, where there is value to that yeah. as well, right? But it's 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 in the middle way as we spoke it's more it's the integration of both and we need both and actually in order to really come across as safe and actually be safe mm. um so yeah thanks for sharing that and feel like i want to um close the loop on that here um first of all i just want to acknowledge you man thanks for this beautiful conversation and um, there's so much richness just within this conversation and everything that we've covered mm. Uh, so really want to just acknowledge you, Stephen, um, for everything that you do and your work and uh, yeah. just the value that you've provided to the audience here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, brother. This has been this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, so Instagram, um, at Thrive Coaching World. Uh, that, that's that's the best place. That's, that's where I'm most active. Um, and then uh, also I have a uh, adventure retreat for men coming up in March in Peru. Uh, so uh, you can find that information on, on my Instagram. But That is uh, when, that is when? That's in uh, March 2nd to March, 2nd. March 11th. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I'll, I'll make sure as well to put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, just to close it off, I have one final question for you. Uh, my invitation is to maybe crystallize it down to one to two sentences. But as you know, this podcast is called Heart of Man. And one thing that I'm really inspired by and something I'm really driving at is to explore the essence of the heart of, of us as men. Mm. And I'm, I'm really as well consistently exploring that within myself because that's the thing I cut myself off from yeah. at a very young age. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear what enlivens you in your own heart and what drives you at your deepest core? The first thing that comes is possibility. Possibility. Mm. The possibilities um in life are man mm -hmm. that's it thank you brother yeah all right for all the listeners here thank you as well for checking into this conversation i hope you got a lot of value out of it if you have any questions if you want to share your insights if you want to share um what you got out of it feel free just to reach out and until next time sending you much love thank you for listening to this episode your time and attention is truly appreciated if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. And in case you know somebody who would find this episode helpful, I encourage you to pay it forward. Finally, if you've personally been receiving value from the show, one way you're able to support this podcast is by leaving a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Not only does this help more people find the show, but it also supports me in bringing more incredible guests on for the future. I'm your host, Alex Lehman, and until next time, signing off.